What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. As always, I'd like to give a big shout-out to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing. Thank you very much for supporting this podcast. Couldn't do it without you. I really couldn't. And to all the YouTube subscribers out there, you guys are fantastic. Uh, some big stuff in the works. If you are in the Chicagoland area, I am headlining the Zanies Comedy Club out in Rosemont, Illinois, this Sunday, July 17th. So get your tickets. I'd like to pack that place out the best I can. And uh, without further ado, let's just get right into it. We got a great episode for you today. Um, I've got a guest. Normally I rock these things solo, but I've been bringing the guests back a little bit more frequently or hoping to bring them back more frequently. This guest is a dude I've known since I started stand-up comedy here in the city of Chicago. Was one of the top dogs in the scene. Absolutely. uh, Never a dull moment with this guy, I always say. (laughs) You can hear him laughing right there. He's been on Comedy Central. He's written a bunch of great stuff. We're going to talk about a book that he just wrote that is now available for you to purchase. Without further ado, welcome to this podcast, Sean Flannery. What's up, my man? What's up, Joe? Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I also forgot to... Thanks for being here. I also forgot to mention that you host one of my favorite shows in the city of Chicago right now called The Blackout Diaries. Yeah, we're uh, every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge. Um, when this comes out, this might already be publicly announced, but it's going to launch as a podcast in a in a couple weeks on Starburns Audio, and I'm real excited about that. But yeah, you always do great at the show. It's it's a real fun show where people tell true drinking stories with photos from the events. Definitely, I, I mentioned on last week's podcast about the woman who asked me, <laughs> "Why is your wife still with you? Why is she still?" I was like, "Good God, it just..." It's like a dagger through the heart because there's no cool way for me to be like, I don't know. I, <laughs> look at me. Yeah. I'm six foot one, 190 pounds of romp and stomping dynamite. That's what's going on here. You, know? <laughs> you feel me on that? <laughs> I do. I do. Well, dude. Yeah, man. Um, I, I just realized this. I've known you since like 2006, 2007. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've been doing stand up for, uh, it'll be 20 years. I think this September actually. Um, so yeah, I've been doing it a while and, um, yeah, we've known each other for a long time, dude. I actually, one of the, uh, it, I don't think it was one of the first times we talked, but one of the things I always think of is, you know, I used to do a sports parody podcast, uh, with a couple of Chicago comics called CJ Sullivan and Pat Bryce, Pat Bryce passed away, but, um, and we would always write it at bars and we were all just like these loud Irish, uh, hotheads. And we were having, it was an actual writing session. Like we were working on the podcast, but it yeah. sounded like to the rest of the bar, like we were all going to kill each other. <laughs> like, like it just sounded that heated cause we're all so loud. And I, uh, you later told me the next day that the bartender was getting ready to throw me out and you knew the bartender and you're like, who are you throwing out? And he's like, those three guys are about to start a fight. And he's like, no, those are dear friends. They're yeah. they're working together. <laughs> yeah. I remember CJ telling the story the next day or he told them visitors locker room being like, yeah. don't worry. They're dear, dear friends. I think I said dear, dear friends. <laughs> dear, yeah, dear friends. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> emphasize. It's all good. They're not, that's just how they write. But yeah, I remember, Bryce had like a vein in the middle of his forehead because he was outraged. And you've always been very chill. I've never seen you too angry. And even if I've seen you angry, it's more like I'm just going to walk away from the situation. I don't think you're the type of guy. That's yeah, I'm I'm very good table. at de-escalation. I don't get I'm not that much of a hothead. So and I think in, in that night I was <laughs> there were accusations about people drinking too much and doing too many drugs. And uh, CJ says my quote was, hey, hey, guys, we don't tell each other how to live here. It's a a writing CJ always said I was like a public defender for um, interventions. 
<laughs> where like I like they'd always be like, you know, like, hey, we're, we're thinking about doing an intervention on this guy. I'm like, that guy, he has a better job than you. You know, like he drinks a lot, but, you know, I mean, he's functional. Yeah. Functioning alcoholics. You actually yeah. God, I'm, you're just reminding me. I don't think I've ever really talked about this on the podcast, but here we go. I was suspended from comedians. You should know just a real quick background for the listeners. Yeah. There might be some new listeners and stuff. Comedians you should know is probably maybe the most successful independent comedy show in America running right now. Lincoln Lodge is a comedy club now and some other ones have come and gone, but it's a great uh, show. It's an amazing show. Amazing show. It's been running in Chicago for over 10 years. It's running in New York now doing great there and it's back up in LA. Anyway, um, I was one of the like original producers for when it was at Timothy O'Toole's. I was going through a rough patch in my life and was drinking. I was on a, quite the bender. Self-medicating. Yeah, self-medicating. <laughs> and I got really drunk and was just talking so much shit, saying all this crazy stuff. And I shoved a comedian uh, who you could see on HBO, Drew Michael. <laughs> I shoved him. And that was enough for people to be like, all right, you're out of control. And I was suspended by the rest of the team, the rest of my friends. <laughs> for 12 weeks from a comedy show, which I remember at the time finding hilarious because <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger only got two games for, you know, sexual assault allegations. Yeah. But I, I got 12 weeks for a shove from a comedy. I mean, a show, pitcher usually from... misses one start when, when they hit somebody in the head, you know, like, I feel like it, it, like baseball starting pitching rules, six days is what it should have been. <laughs> yeah. One turn through the rotation. Right. Yeah. I felt like I got hosed, but I remember I was doing like, a sh I was on, the road that following weekend like a few days after and i'm getting text messages from you and cj sullivan and i think junior stop being like hey we're gonna have a hearing we are gonna get this <laughs> we wanted to, we, yeah we wanted to appeal we were cj and i found it hilarious that you got suspended just because like our meetings were always such hotheads like if we suspended everybody that was threatening somebody like we would never be able to like stage a show um but we 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 thought like you know like baseball suspensions you get to appeal like a player union rep uh, like a lawyer reps you through the process and we wanted to provide that service for you. Well, I, I would have appreciated it. And I think they did take off. I think I got like a week or two shaved off, but I could have gotten at least half of that with you on my team. You know, the dream team. I think so I would have bought a suit for it. You know, I would have gone, <laughs> I would have gone to bat for you, buddy. It would have been something. And you were part of a group called blurds that featured some of the biggest comedians in the world uh, today, really. Uh, Kumail, who's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kumail, TJ Kyle Miller. Kinane, Kyle Kinane, uh, yeah. TJ Miller was in it. Yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, big names. And that, um, I heard... That was a blast. I, was this rumor true? I heard, I want to say Nick Vaderat said this, or maybe it was Prescott Tolk, also very funny comedians. Everyone I named, we named, look them up, everyone. You will not be disappointed. Jared Logan, Mike Bryanstein, I think I definitely said Brido. Anyway, um, someone told me that during the meetings when things would get heated, you would threaten to delete the website. <laughs> and you're, I, the whole I would, and there. I did it once. I would, and I did it once. Uh, I was also, like you said, um, going through a bad time. Like, you know, Pat had just died, and my first kid was being born, and I was, I, like, I just couldn't handle all the stress. And, uh, yeah, I deleted the website. And the hardest I've ever heard cj sullivan laugh as i i called him i was heading to the delivery room like because uh colin had to be induced uh due to a pregnancy complication so like we knew we were having a baby 
And uh, I called CJ and I had like the night before I had deleted it in the middle of a bender. And I'm like, hey, listen, I don't know when I'm going to be able to pick up the phone again um because i'm about to go have a kid but i deleted blurts and then, like that's the hardest i've ever heard him laugh in my life he, he just uninterrupted laugh for two minutes and i went in and had my kid well, <laughs> well you always remember those two things together i just love the idea that blurs.com that was your whole thing the website yeah. that that was the business is your website and you had a director who's going on to jordan vote roberts Hollywood blockbusters, that guy's directed. What, Godzilla he directed, I think? I don't or think uh, he directed Kong Skull Island. Oh, and there he's, we go. Uh, he's working on another one now. He also directed like an independent one called uh, The Boys of Summer, which was really great. Uh, he also, uh, unheralded film he did, he directed my wedding video. Um, <laughs> and one of my cousins threatened to beat him up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Jordan's amazing. He's a hilarious guy, very talented. One of my cousins threatened to beat up I think Danny Callis, comedian friend of ours at my wedding. And oh, when, really? I found, when I asked why, like what happened, my cousin thought he was the bartender and he wasn't going to serve him anymore. And then I said to Danny, I'm like, I, I said to Danny, I'm like, were you even behind the bar? He goes, dude, I was nowhere near the bar when he started yelling at me. Just He's as like, a bartender, open, look. He just said, open the fucking bar back up. And, my, and Danny's like, I don't, I'm not the bartender, man. Just like, what we <laughs> it was really funny. I, That's I, I hilarious. Must, I must be in that age range for weddings. You know, we're, oh we're much older God. now. So those you see that stuff still at weddings, but it's not the same as when you were right in it, you know, being in like late 20s, early 30s. Well, I, I had uh at my sister's wedding, one of my cousins is uh he gets in a like a like a bad fight with his uh his girlfriend. And I'm not outside, so I, I don't I don't see this. But I guess he's then he's doing like this really performative like, oh, so I'm the problem. Like, I'm the <laughs> asshole, you know, but I guess he's on. Um, so the cops are called and um, I guess he's on like a ledge and he doesn't realize that the problem is that if he falls backwards, he'll like die. He's like it's like a 200 Ooh. foot drop off, but he doesn't get that. So like everyone's like, just calm down, just calm down. But he can't, he can't do it. And um, I don't know how the cops got him down, but like that was like a regular occurrence in my twenties is just the police would show up at every wedding. We, I remember in the eighties, did you guys ever have to have this in Cleveland? A lot of the times, if you had an open bar at, at like a VFW hall or something like that, there would have to be like a cop there. Like that was like the bouncer and they would have guns and stuff. I, I don't think that's ever been a thing in Chicago weddings and it should be my, um, my brother-in-law's uncle. It was a famous story. It was in the tribune, um, got into a, a fight at a wedding and died. Like the guy punched oh him God. in the head or whatever and died. Yeah. And he was like, he worked for the County. So it was, he was kind of like, that's terrible. somewhat of a public official. It was awful. So yeah, it would have been nice if something it like can that be like there. a powder keg because it's usually open bar and like, you feel very like you're around like all these, you know, friends and, and family. So you feel very powerful. So like when you're told, no, you just, a lot of people just don't react well at weddings. Uh, yeah. I mean, I famously knocked a table over at my <laughs> wedding because the DJ you were told played, no. Well, I was told, well, the DJ well you said, don't play that. And he said, no. <laughs> yeah. There's a, he asked me to create a do not playlist and then didn't honor the do not playlist. I was a busy man at the time. I mean, too. that I'm almost like, sounds like an MTV prank show. Like, 
like formally asking for do not play no list and then like watch watch this i'm gonna play it let's see what he does you know and then playing it it would be a great way to punk a person like me where it's like this dude has notoriously <laughs> bad temper like next level overly opinionated temper. about music overly opinionated just about everything let's yeah. watch how crazy he gets but to do it at my wedding was that's fucking low you know <laughs> All right. Well, explore, let's let's get right to it, though, because you just released a book, which is phenomenal. Um, I'm always impressed when comedians do stuff that I mean, this is in our in our realm. You know, a lot of comedians write books, mm -hmm. but outside of just jokes on napkins, I'm always like, you wrote a script. You wrote a book. Holy shit. You know, what I mean, it's such a cool thing to me to see people Thank doing you. stuff other than telling stories and telling jokes from a microphone. Uh, the book, by the way, everyone, you can see right there. It is available at Sean's website, seanbearflannery.com. I love that you have your wife's uh, maiden name as part of your name now. I think that's pretty cool. I did that when we got married. I legally added it. That's actually a chapter in the book. One of the, the So every chapter is a place I can't go back to. Yeah, the and, book is called Places I Can't Return To. I don't believe I said that. Sorry. Yeah, and I should have let you get to that. But um, Great title. Yeah, so it's, it's called Places I Can't Return To. Every chapter is a place I can't go back to, usually because I was asked to leave. And then I tell, like, the funny story that happened there. And then sometimes I interweave, like, history about the town and, you know, stuff like that. But one of the chapters happens to be the Illinois Social Security Office, which I think is on Lawrence Avenue. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. And um, I added, would it, is that on my end or yours? I just moved a cord. Did I fuck it up? No, no, you're I fine now. You. I, I think I was hearing double of my voice, but yeah, we're good now. Sorry. Um, anyways, I added my wife's name to my own when we got married. You know, she added hers. So I was like, oh, yeah, I should add yours too. So I go down to the Illinois um, uh, office and, you know, for my wife to add her name, she just had to show the wedding certificate like that was it but this is like just and i have been married like almost 20 years and like it was much more like antiquated i don't know if it's still this way but for a dude it was not that way like you could not just show a marriage certificate like this was before gay marriage this is before anything like that and uh i'm like you know i want to have my wife's name and they're like you want to do what and I'm like, I want to have my wife's name and you know here's the marriage certificate here's my social security card and they're like no this is they said it was like when a man wants to change his name because he doesn't like his name or like he's changing his identity. And I didn't know this. Like if, if you're a man who wants to change your name and it's not related to marriage, you have to put up like these public notices like around the neighborhood and you have to buy an ad and then you have to go to court and a judge. You have to present your case for why you should have your name, why, why you're allowed to be renamed. Because I guess like a lot of people would like try to rename themselves like to get uh, rid of debt or something. I don't know. But anyhow, it's uh, like this whole it's like this whole process. And I'm like, are you he's like, I'm like, I, I got to buy an ad in the Tribune to like take my <laughs> wife's name. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, what about like when people like when Rockefellers or when people marry into rich families, they just take the name and she goes, uh, Sir, look outside. And I just turn around and there's this just like homeless guy, like chugging a 40 and he's missing an eye. And she goes, this is the Lawrence Avenue Social Security Office. You think we get any Rockefellers here? <laughs> <laughs> but there was another lady like uh, behind her and was like, I know how to do it. And she's like, this is what we're going to do um, in the state of Illinois. You can you're allowed to have uh, a legal name change with a sex change. 
So she's like, what we're going to do is we're going to change you to a woman on paper. She kept saying on paper as though, <laughs> as though there was an <laughs> like actual operating table. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, we're going to turn you into a woman on paper and you, you'll, you'll change your name to something, whatever you want it to be. That name is temporary. And then we're going to change you back to a man. So you, like you're, you're going to be a woman for like 30 seconds on paper in the state of Illinois. And when you, cause you're apparently, according to her, you were allowed to have two name changes for a sex change. I have no idea if any of this is true, still true. I don't even know if it was true that day, but that's what she told me. Um, and anyhow, she said, when you change it back, you can add your wife's name. And then she like looked at me. She's like, like it hit her how crazy this proposal was. And she's like, is that, do you want to do that? And I'm like, that's exactly how I want to solve this problem. Like, this is like, that'll be the greatest story of the world that I was a woman for 30 seconds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they ended up coming in, like bringing in some supervisor who uh, he gave me some form and he just figured it out. And he added uh, my name. I was never technically a woman in the state of Illinois, which I've always regretted. Damn. Just to, you know, pull that out in an argument where I could say, well, as somebody who was a woman on paper, I find that offensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's a great way to, you know, buck cops in the middle of a heated argument. It's like real quick speaking, <laughs> speaking from experience, you know. Yeah. Oh man, that's nuts. By the way, yeah, so that me. technically is my legal name. Go ahead. That's that's a, that's great though. I love I love yeah. that you did that. Uh as you talked about the one woman being like, we could figure this out. I've noticed that every DMV, social security, every government office, there's always one hero. You have to find yes. them though. They're not, they're not always working. They're not always there. Yeah. Like, well, right sometimes you'll see them like they don't actually sit down with anyone. They just like kind of hover, you know, and they wait yes. until like somebody like they're like, hold on, hold on, you know. Um, yeah, and you need that in like Illinois um definitely state institutions <laughs> in this crazy state. I had it once where I couldn't find my social security card, and I needed my social security card to get a state ID. Yeah. So then I go to that same office. I know right where it is, right by the train station off of Lawrence there and uh, by the blue line, I believe. And um, the one person was like, well, we can't just give you a social security card and I'm, you need two proofs. And I'm like, well, I have one proof. This is my birth certificate, the official yeah. one. That's and then like, well, do you also have a state ID? I'm like, no, I don't. I need you to get the state. ID. Yeah. They just couldn't wrap their brains. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you are. I was like. You, you, when you need class pictures, I could give you all my class <laughs> pictures from the last eight years. That should work. That should be enough. You know, it should be. I would, I went into um, a Chicago DMV once and there's like this, this Chinese, um, like, uh, I think he's a foreign exchange student and he's like almost in, in, in tears because he's about to get arrested and he's, he's about to get arrested because he's losing his temper and he like can't calm down. But, and I felt so bad for this guy. He was just like, like he brought the wrong documents, but he's like, I got damn it. I've been here for the last five days. And every time you say these are the right documents and I come back and then the next day you say it's the wrong. And the guy's like, I'm what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. But I'm telling you, if you come back with what I said, it'll be right. He's like, that's what the guy said yesterday. He's like, I know, but I'm right. He's like, you were the guy from three days ago. He's like, but today I'm telling you, this is what's right. You know. And they couldn't wrap their head around that this guy just had no trust in them because they keep telling them different document or well he claims they keep telling them that there's different document i believe them <laughs> i believe the guy no i definitely I yeah believe i totally believe the guy i totally believe the guy and it was so funny because the chicago cops clearly didn't want to arrest this guy because they were like we get it dude <laughs> <laughs> like e even we get fucked by these people and we're cops <laughs> yeah i mean it's almost hacky to talk about the dmv as a comedian sometimes because it's been talked about to death 
but it's so yeah. insanely relatable. Yeah. Like everyone has an experience. Everyone has a story. And literally everyone has a story where, you're, where they say, oh, you won't believe what fucking happened to me. Like it's yeah, always yeah. starts off like that. And it's that's hilarious. Look for the hero. I had it a couple times. I had to do a bunch of stuff with switching car titles. And I remember having it in LA. The time in LA was pretty funny. I was with a bunch of people. We, you know, I was with Ken Barner, Bill Cruz, Ricky Carmona, Brady Novak. Ken Barnard used to have people over every Sunday to watch the NFL because he'd get like mm -hmm. direct TV so we could all watch our games even though we're in LA. This would have been like 2015. It was Sunday, 9-11, opening kickoff for the NFL season. And I had been driving around my car that I drove from Chicago and I forgot that the Illinois plates on it had expired. And I wasn't switching my plates over because I, I'd heard from friends of mine who had driven out of state. They were like, oh, I got pulled over. I just told them I live in both places. And they go, okay. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I'll just do that. Because who wants to, who wants, and you avoid the DMV if you can. So that's what yeah, I'm trying to do. Sure, avoid sure. going to the DMV. Then, um, you know, the Bears game's over, Broncos game, some game. I go outside and my car's gone. And it's LA though. So car theft is possible. But I'm like, yeah. but there's a Lexus right there. Who the fuck steals a Mercury Grand Marquis, <laughs> which isn't even a thing anymore? Mercury wasn't yeah. even around at that point. It was a 2006. And I'm like, when there's a Lexus right there, what the hell is this? Shit? I'm yeah. losing my mind. I'm talking to Bill and all them. And I'm like, any of your neighbors have like door cams and shit. I got to find out. And they're like, why don't you find out if it got towed? Maybe it was something illegal. And I'm like, no, nah, there's nothing illegal on it. I found out it did get towed because the state, I didn't realize the license plate had. But then I was so livid I, on the phone with the police station. I said, I can't believe you guys did this on 9-11. And... <laughs> I'm like, who tows a car in 9-11? And the guy That's was hilarious. on the other, right? The guy on the other end of the conversation, he said, what's that have to do with anything? Yeah. And I go, <laughs> I go, I'm not feeling very patriotic right yeah. now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and then when I went in there, I couldn't stand the guy because he was such a dick with the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And he kind of implied that like, he was like, I don't understand why you don't get what I'm telling you. And I wanted yeah. to be like, okay, don't get condescending with me. This was yeah. back when you could give cops shit a little bit. You yeah. know, now, now everyone's ultra sensitive on things. And, uh, I, I even said, I'm like, you, you could barely pronounce Illinois. I, I wouldn't be coming at me this hard. Okay. Cause he made it seem like I was the dumbest person in the world. Cause I couldn't figure out his stupid paperwork thing. And he kept calling yeah. it Chicago, Illinois. He kept saying Chicago, Chicago Illinois. And I was like, he pronounces dude. the S <laughs> he's only read of Illinois. He's never heard of it. Right. It's, <laughs> it's fucking insane. Um, but yeah. And then luckily, luckily someone at the DMV though, I explained to them, I go, look, I don't have the paperwork to get the car out because it's in the car and they won't let me get in the car and all this other stuff. And then this one guy, I was explaining to this one guy, was an idiot. And this other dude, younger person, probably like 25, he like, he, he saw what was happening. He like waved me over to his desk. I went over there and he goes, look, here's what you got to do. And he kind of just fudged some shit and was like, yeah. there you go. Show that to the impound. Cause the most important thing is we got to get the car out of impound cause they'll charge you per day. So let's get that shit out. Then you have three days to get this paper. And so I needed like my dad to mail me something from Chicago. But I remember being like, see, this is someone yeah. who helped people. Yeah, like, yeah. Doesn't that make You're you right. feel better at your job to actually help people? Or I don't get it. Maybe they're miserable and they just want everyone else to be miserable. Who knows? Yeah. So, Sean, I love the title of the book. I love that each chapter is its own thing. And it's amazing that you have enough experiences of places you can't return to to fill an entire book. Every now and then I get a book idea and I'm like, I don't know if I have enough. That's going to be a pamphlet. Yeah. I don't know if there's enough for that. <laughs> Tell me your absolute favorite chapter. I know you've gotten feedback from a lot of friends and, and people who have bought the book. Um, is there one chapter that people go nuts for? Is there, you want to give a little uh, sneak peek to my listeners? Yeah, there's, uh, 
so far i feel like um the listener's favorite chapter is uh a mcdonald's play center where we got basically thrown out of in Berwyn. My favorite chapter is Cleveland Municipal Stadium, probably because I'm so nostalgic about that a bygone stadium from going to Browns and then Indians games. Um, maybe I'll tell the McDonald's story though, just because you've never heard this story. I don't. I believe. haven't, but just for the listeners to know what a special place Cleveland Municipal Stadium is. I used to have the T-shirt. It was in 1974, was it? Oh, ten cent beer night. 10 cent beer night. I have the I have a t-shirt that says they had a 10 cent beer night and tell them real quick what happened. Yeah, there I, and then I, I talk story. about that in the book um, because I kind of intertwine the history of the venues with, you know, my own stories and 10 cent beer night was so the Cleveland Indians, they're now the guardians they were called the Indians back then. But um, in 1974, they were averaging 10,000 um, people a game. They were an atrocious team. They decide they're going to do on a Tuesday night, they're going to sell 10 cent beers and 50,000 people show up. So you have a pretty good idea what those additional people are there for. And not only is the problem that you've attracted, you know, 40,000 more fans to drink 10 cent beers, you've attracted 40,000 fans who can drink 10 cent beers on a Tuesday night and it doesn't impact their schedule at all, you know? Yeah. And they, That's they a great point. I, it was just crazy. Um, like fireworks going off riots. Um, it was just, all this insanity and apparently the crowd um this was one of my favorite uh rules in order to like try and create like some semblance of law and order they they had a you weren't allowed to order more than five beers per person per round so you could you could go order five beers go back to your seat hand them to friends, walk right back in line, get five beers, walk right back in line, which I love. Like doctors <laughs> define binge drinking as five drinks in a day. <laughs> and they like the city of Cleveland is like, well, five drinks in one, one, one round will do. Yeah. But I, I guess the fans were so um, like lawless that um, the staff, it, it was like these Stroh's trucks that just drove up to the bleachers that were um, uh, serving and the staff is like, we're not manning this. Like, they're crazy. So then the fans just started serving themselves. So then there, there wasn't even like a, like a five beer limit. Like, people are just like, and it goes crazy. It, it ends up uh, turning into a riot. And my um, favorite quote was uh, the umpire afterwards. I don't know if I can get the whole quote, but he basically, he, they're quoted. They're like, oh, well, what do you do? You know, what, what, what do you think of this? He goes, if the war's on tomorrow, I'm joining whoever's fighting Cleveland. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen anyone like this except maybe in a zoo. <laughs> God, what a legendary night. 10 cent yeah. beer. And you know, it's crazy. At Wrigley, you can only get, I think most games are like this. You can only get two at a time. Yes. And the beers are like $12. So it's... Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, the McDonald's one seems to be uh, the people that have already bought the book. Like that seems to resonate with a lot of people, probably because it's a kid's story and like a lot, you know, you can relate to that. But um, yeah, we uh, the power was out and I was with my sister and her family and our family. And so like no one the power had been out for like two days. So like no one had none of us had been like logged into the Internet to check email or our jobs or anything like that. And we were going to go to the zoo, but, the, you know, the zoo doesn't open till like 10 in the morning or something like that. So we're like, OK, we'll go get breakfast at McDonald's. The kids will just play in the play center and we'll all use the Wi-Fi, you know, to just check into life. 
and um, the kids are playing and my my nephews and my, my kids, like they're all up in the play center. And all of a sudden you just see everyone like uh, strangers, kids, our kids just jumping out of the play center. Like it's the Hindenburg and like, Oh, and then my, my nephew, John comes down and he's like, just walking like a lizard clearly shit himself. And <laughs> my sister goes, what happened up there? And her other son goes, John just shit himself up there. <laughs> and he is only, this is a four-year-old saying that. So she's flabbergasted that he swear. Cause like kids do that. Like they wait to the most public moment to reveal a swear word. Like they never do it in the privacy of the home. It's like when you're surrounded by like 20 people, they're like, he and then, so she's like, what? He goes, and um, her son thinks like misinterprets her question. He goes, shitting mom, you might know it as uh, defecating. <laughs> <laughs> which is not defecating. I don't think. Right. But, um, anyhow, uh, so me and my brother-in-law, like long story short, like we look at the McDonald's employee. We're like, what do we do here? You know? Cause I, I guess it's a, everyone tells us it's a mess up there. And he just goes, and I always love it when minimum wage workers are asked to do anything above their, like what they consider to be their job description. And they just say their hourly rate. He goes, <laughs> He just goes, I make $7.25 an hour. Like he does like that. It's like <laughs> enough of a reply for him to realize, like, I'm not going up there and cleaning that up. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we get it, dude. Um, so we grab a, like a bunch of napkins and we we get a um a garbage bag and we go up there. There was another employee who comes in, sees us like starting to climb up. She goes, No adults in the play center. And the, the first McDonald's employees like, let them go up. Trust me, you know. <laughs> and we we clean it up and uh as best we can. Like we leave a tip um, to whoever else has to get the rest of it. It's because I hear my brother-in-law and my sister talking. She goes like, what's an appropriate tip for this? And he's like, (laughs) all of it, (laughs) whatever we have, you know, like it's bad up there. (laughs) Yeah. What do you tip diarrhea at the top of a playhouse? (laughs) Place center. Yeah. So, but this is like the kicker, dude. So we end up after he shits himself, he's like, I'm, you know, like we're all, I'm like, okay, I'll go home with John, who's clearly sick, and the rest of you go to the zoo. He's like, I'm, I feel fine. He's like, I feel great, guys. So, yeah. and he was fine for the rest of the day. He just shit himself, you know? Um, and so we stomach, all, you know? yeah, we're all going to go. Um, we're going to board the blue line to go to the zoo. And um, the doors open, and his younger brother, just uh, runs up to the first pole. This is a pack. This is like for zoo lights. This is a packed train. Runs up and just licks the pole oh. on a 24-hour CTA. And it was like, like your reaction right there, it was a whole train of people like, oh, like just like, like it was like 200 people just got a strep test or something like that. Like they yeah. were all grossed out. And I, I just hear my brother-in-law, he just goes, I wish I could say that's the grossest thing one of my sons did today. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, little kids really are absolutely disgusting. Oh, dude, they're they're but they're hilarious. I mean, like they party. Like the point of the chapter, which I say a little bit in the chapter, is you never partied in college. Whatever the most confident, like uh, rip roaring time of your life, you never partied like a toddler does. Like a toddler just like partly vomit at ninety percent of the parties they go to. You know. They get to the God. dessert table when a parent isn't around. They have like 30 of them. Then they go on a trampoline. Yeah. Everyone they no. meet is their best friend. That's true. But they yeah. are like 
dogs when it comes to food. They don't know how to ration. <laughs> yeah. They just think I eat it all now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. My sons love Reese's peanut butter cups. I bought like one of those eight packs and they're doing a thing now where I think I have to set an alarm or lock the fridge. They wake up. <laughs> my wife leaves early. You know, she's a nurse. So she's out of the house yeah. early. They're at the age they're five and three. So they're just getting up out of bed themselves. So I'll yeah. wake up sometimes when I hear them. It'll be like 7.15 in the morning, and I look, and there's Reese's peanut butter cup wrappers everywhere. I'm like, I bought those yesterday, and there's two left. Are you kidding me right now? And then I go, how early did you guys wake up? Yeah. When did you wake up? Because I've been waking up at 7.05, and you two, sometimes they get themselves dressed. I'm like, did you get the paper? Where the hell did you go? It's crazy. <laughs> but they are fun, man. They are great. They're hilarious, man. Yeah, and they eat like I mean, I stop. It's funny because like you, if you buy desserts in big packs, it's such a better deal. But I'm like, the big pack lasts just as short as the small pack because my kids all sneak it all at night, so it, and all of it only lasts 24 hours. So I just buy the small packs because at least that way they don't throw up. You know, that is very smart. Yeah, they definitely. My my kids, luckily, <laughs> I don't have any good stories of them puking all over the place. Uh, a couple, a couple shit in the thighs type of thing. You know what I mean? But nothing, nothing too bad with the vomit. Thankfully, I once puked yep. all over a tire swing. My mom had to clean it. At a oh, really? Park. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, that's the thing that makes them tough. And they're a little bit like drunks this way where they don't know they're going to do it. So they don't like give you an announcement where you can like you start to learn to rec recognize the signs. Like like they'll start rubbing their stomach like a half yeah. a second beforehand and, and so on. And you just you just grab them and. It's almost like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a hose that turned on accidentally. You're just trying to point them towards like the least valuable thing in the house, you know? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's a carpet. No. You know what I mean? Let's get, yeah, get on exactly. the hardwood. That's a grand piano. No. <laughs> yeah. Please throw up where I can mop it. I don't want to have to get yeah. that out. Damn it. Well, Sean, dude, thank you for joining the podcast, man. Oh, this thanks for having me, Joe. Um, where else could people find you? Other just everything goes through the website. So right? yeah, places I can't return to. I think it's a really funny book. It's available on my website, SeanBearFlannery.com. I am actually uh, launching um, a new weekly show Wednesdays themed around the book called Places I Can't Return To at the Comedy Bar downtown. Um, so you can also check it out there, buy copies of the book and Blackout Diaries every Friday at the Lincoln Lounge. Beautiful. Everyone check those things out. Follow Sean on social media as well. You're simply at Sean Flannery and all those, I believe. Yeah. You know, the easiest way is just go to my website and all the links there and everything go. are right there. There yep. you go. One stop shop. I like it. You're a brilliant and simple man at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Sean. And thanks to everyone for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. You Patreon subscribers, there will be a bonus episode up tomorrow. So definitely check that out. Appreciate all the support. Everyone also check out my YouTube channel for the stand-up comedy you might like, and I will be at the Rosemont Zanies Sunday, July 17th, 8 p.m. If you're in the area, get tickets. They validate parking, and there's a bunch of bars around there. All right, everyone. Cheers.